Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome into episode 70 of the Rutgers. Scoutcast. I am your host, Sam Hellman, for episode 70 of the Chris Muller episode, I guess you can call it. It's a big one this week, so we're not going to talk too much, blabber too much in this open. Why is it a big one? Well, it's been a huge week for Rutgers University. As exciting as the Marco Battaglia practice complex's grand opening ceremony was, that's only the tip of the spear. I mean, we're talking about a big-time wide receiver commitment, a running back commitment from the top player at his position in New York. We're talking about the best recruiting week in Rutgers basketball. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the last time they recruited that well in one week. Maybe, maybe Mike Rice did early in his career, but it's been a huge week for Rutgers, and that's the focus of the show. It's all positive this week, which. Ain't always the case here, especially when Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan is a guest on the show. So the way that this episode is going to work is, since the news is really the star this episode, we're going to do the news segment first, followed by our guest segment. Joining me on the news is Brian Doan. He is back from vacation. My guest this week, his second time on the podcast, is soon to be named team captain, uh, from Metuchen High School, fifth-year senior, Rutgers left guard, Dorian Miller. My favorite part of having guys like Dorian Miller on the podcast is that they actually know what a podcast is. I would say half of my guests don't. So I'm glad to shoot the breeze with Dorian Miller. We did it in Chicago at Big Ten Media Day, but it was kind of a timeless conversation, which is why I don't mind playing it for you now, even though Media Day is so far in the rearview mirror. But I have something really important that I want to address before we get into the body of the show. We at Scarlet Report have a pretty cool promo going right now, and if you're listening to this on Friday as it drops, you have until midnight to pounce on the offer. I know a lot of you have come to the site through the podcast, whether it's through my extended free trial or you were already a subscriber and that's how you found the podcast in the first place. So the way this works is you buy one month and you get the next three free. So if you want if you want to get involved, this really is the best chance until maybe National Signing Day. What this gets you is basically you buy training camp access. And we've been killing it in training camp. I, you, you and I hope have seen the headlines in the Twitter. I think that we've got the best coverage out there right now. And we're giving you the best picture of what Rutgers football is going to look like against Washington. But... Not only do you get that, you get the whole season free after that. That's how the promo works. So you pay the one month, the next three are free, you're saving 30 bucks, and you're getting the best coverage out there. When I took over the site from Brian uh, on April 26, 2011, I, I wanted a place where Rutgers fans could come and actually talk about Rutgers and talk about the facts of what is going on. Of course I wanted a high quality product with good video and good news and all this stuff, but 
let's be honest, you can get that, you can get information pretty much anywhere these days because whether we break the story or not, it, someone's gonna put it on Twitter or it's gonna get stolen. That's just how things work now. But what you can get at Scarlet Report that you can't get elsewhere is you get away from the, the noise. I don't like the term fake news, but it kind of applies here. You can get away from all that nonsense from the the clickbait headlines and the making fun of Rutgers and making Rutgers a punchline or the ranting and raving. We don't really do that. Now, we are critical of Rutgers, but we're not doing it in a comedic way or a way to be mean or a way to make us money. We're just trying to be honest and give you a good community. If that's something that you're interested in, check us out. 10 bucks gets you until the end of the season. I think it's worth it, and I would argue that not only do we have that football coverage, but nobody covers more Rutgers basketball practices and games than we do. And, I mean, we're covering wrestling. We've covered women's soccer. You can get all of that if you jump on board now with the free months added on. So the way to do that is simple. Go to the site. Click on the uh, story that's on the homepage or go on my Twitter because... Lord knows I've been tweeting way too much about it. Man, I hate social media, but it's kind of my job. You follow the simple instructions, sign up for one month, the next three are free. That's it. You're done. Any questions? Shoot me an email. Shoot me a text. Well, you don't have my number. Shoot me an email or a DM or a Facebook message or something, and I'll get back to you because this is very important to me. Look, I obviously it's important because it's my job, but on top of that, I, I really do want... I see the same stuff on Twitter on my tweet deck that all you guys do, and my goal is to give you a place where you can avoid that and talk about Rutgers in the way that Rutgers should be discussed. And that's what we're going to do in the body of the show. So starting right now, you're going to hear from Brian Doan and myself breaking down the news, and then Dorian Miller will be our guest. Next week on the show, hopefully we're going to have two guests, with one being Evan Daniels, who is the king of college basketball recruiting. We're going to talk about Steve Peichel's big month. And then we're going to hear from the sports editor of the Trentonian, Kyle Franco. Kyle Franco is an expert when it comes to the Trenton area, Mercer County, Pennsylvania, right across the river. Kyle Franco is an expert. I respect his opinion. And who better to talk about some Rutgers guys from that area? And, oh, well, it just so happens he's one of my best friends. But enough of that. Again, contact me with any questions about the promo. It would mean a lot. Even if you are already a member to Scarlet Report, you can upgrade to annual to get three extra free months, or you can add another year on to your annual membership to get those three free months. This isn't just for new subscribers. We care about everyone equally and make sure they're taken care of. And Brian Doan's back. And this week we're featuring Brian as our actual first guest on the show, shaking things up because it's been a huge amount of news going on both football and basketball, but you're our football scout national recruiting analyst in the East region. You've seen some commitments go down. Rutgers class looking a lot stronger now than it did when you left on vacation. Yeah, I, I can't believe that's why I'm the lead guest, not just because I'm back and I missed some time. I yeah, but, figured... Do, but Dorian Miller, I mean, that's a good guest too, right? Very good guest. Dorian's a great kid. Um, I've known him since I think he's like seven. That's how long his recruitment was. Did he also have a... He had a beard then. Yeah. <laughs> he did have a beard then. Um, you know, I, I think the lesson learned in this is sometimes just be patient, be a little bit lucky, and you'll wind up getting the players you want to get. You look at 
Ahmad Anderson, I, I call him an athlete because I still think his best position is safety, which I had written about um, for the site. But he can also play receiver. Look, there was a time where it looked like Wisconsin was in the driver's seat. All of a sudden, Aaron Crookshank from New York City goes there. They don't really have a slot for Ahmad. Um, Maryland was on him for a while. Maryland got some receiver commitments. And I'm not saying Rutgers lucked into him or that he wouldn't have wound up at Rutgers. It just made it a lot clearer for him, and, and he was able to make his announcement. I always thought that that was the best place for him. I thought playing in front of his family was always important, especially his dad. So I thought that was key. And I just look at it from the standpoint of they got more athletic on that roster with that kid. And that's important because everybody's excited about recruiting and, and them getting some really good players. They get Stevie Scott, the 6'1", 240-pound running back out of Syracuse, another guy they really needed because they need a short yardage back. I mean, you're going to have Gus Edwards this year. If Gus Edwards gets hurt, who do you have? Short yardage guy who can really move the pile. Not really anybody. Who do you have next year? Not really anybody. Stevie Scott's the kid who should be able to come in and play as a true freshman if they need him. And look, they're doing well in recruiting even when people freaked out that Jersey kids were going elsewhere. We said just, you know, this staff has the ability to reach a lot of places. And we've always said that kids outside of the state appreciated Rutgers a lot more than kids inside of the state. And I think you're seeing that with a couple of these commitments. And, and I think the other thing that you look at is this is the beginning. This isn't like, oh, these kids are getting us over the hump. This is how you build a program. Not every kid needs to be a star or a standout, but you need kids who are really good players to fill your roster. And that's what they've done, particularly in the last six weeks. Now, Brian, have you ever covered an announcement that took place at a nightclub with a cover charge? <laughs> A cover charge? That's now, awesome. I'm the I'm big silly media, so I didn't pay no cover charge. But that's what everyone was subjected to on Sunday night, 9 p.m. announcement. Did that money go toward, like, renovations at Rutgers for athletics or facilities? <laughs> I think Pat Hobbs is getting 10% off the top. <laughs> so I just I can't not share this story because we've had absurd commitments. We've told the Leonte Carew commitment story. A mix of, like... Uh, Bar Mitzvah, graduation, Heisman ceremony. It was all at wrapped a, in one. Yeah, wedding hall. My favorite announcement ever, though, was called Nagadosi because it was literally, he walked into a library and asked us, how do I do this? And we said, you put on the hat and say where you're going. He goes, okay. And then he did it and it was over. But, all right, so Amon Anderson is announcing on the northeastern point of Staten Island. I'm at Rutgers covering the Battaglia facility until maybe 6.45. I duck out early to make sure I get there on time. That's, and you did. That's 27 miles. And I did get it on, get there on time. I got there at 8.59. So that's how much traffic I'm sitting in. No one else even made it except for me, I guess, because I'm obsessively early to things. So it finally paid off. Like me. Sure. But so then I walk in and I'm getting my bearings. I, I get into the nightclub. Don't pay the cover charge. And then this entrance music hits. Like I would say it's like a UFC fight. And Amade Anderson busts in the front door with, like, his uh, hood up, doing, like, a boxer's entrance with his entourage. He goes up to the DJ's stand. He grabs a microphone, tells everyone to shut up politely. And then he just gives about a one-minute speech, has all the hats laid out, picks Rutgers. The place explodes. And that was that. Those are the best because you got there at 8.59 and you were probably out of there by 
I don't know, 9.20? I illegally parked, so I made sure to get out of there by 9.10. See, and, that, and those are the kind of announcements we like. In and out, quick and sweet, and N- be done with it. Nightclub. I've, I've been to so many announcements. I'm gonna, here's my favorite one. I'll tell you what my favorite one was. Can I guess? You will not get guess this So one. it's not Devin Fuller? It is not Devin Fuller. Okay. My favorite one, and, and again, I've been to hundreds. Jared Guarantano. Oh, great one. And here's why. Everybody who knew what was going on in recruiting knew he was going to Tennessee. And so I went up to cover it for the Tennessee site. Already had stuff written, had some quotes from the coach about it. This is why Sam was not attending the announcement. Correct. Had some, And I get there, and there's probably 15 media people at it. It was a big deal. He's a big-time kid. And they're all thinking Rutgers is going to get him. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they got a real chance. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So they're all stunned when they play the Bleacher Report video of him committing to Tennessee. And I'm like, all right, Jared, can I just get the quote so I can go get this posted and finish off and go home? And what, what it made me realize was how absurd recruiting is that you can have so many people thinking one school has a chance when you know where he's going already and I I just thought it was funny. Now for context this was before Chris Ash came in so it was before the Rutgers recruiting coordinator was calling Garantano telling him not to look at Rutgers in front of other Rutgers commits. Right? Do I have that right? <laughs> you, you do have that right. You do have that right. I, I just thought it was really interesting, especially because it was such a high-profile kid. And, uh, you know, I, I thought for him and his reason, I thought it was a good decision. So I guess back on the Rutgers recruiting topic, you can, you can go in and get our detailed thoughts both on why Rutgers is killing it in New York and you can get all of our breakdowns of what comes next in 2018 because there is more news coming. You can get all of that. On ScarletReport.com, I've already discussed the three-free-month opportunity that you have. But I guess, Brian, just give people a taste, it, you know, your general thought, your in-conclusion on how August and July were so successful. They were successful because Rutgers filled positions of need, whether it was receiver, whether it was, you know, a hybrid kid who, you know, like uh, Ahmad Anderson, who we just talked about, who can play multiple positions if you need them to you go get your big running back they just filled needs and you're talking about rebuilding a roster and in actuality this is going to be Chris Ash's second class counting 2016 when the guy had a month to do it and was being undercut by people well we've already discussed the recruiting coordinator issue I mean being undercut by people we'll just leave it at that I think that was really it made it tough for him, and what it taught him though was to be resourceful in recruiting. And things didn't work out with some of the kids. You know, the quarterback who came in is already gone with Tylen Odin, but it taught them to look around and keep digging and and turn over every stone possible for it. And for me, I thought that was really important in how this class is developing. Because, again, they may not be getting a lot of kids from New Jersey. They're getting a lot of kids that they still want and need. And it goes back to, you know, 
they're, they're doing their own evaluations, which is great. You and I talked about Reggie Sutton, the old lineman from Baltimore, who I saw as a junior. I was like, okay. And then I saw him on the camp circuit, and he had changed his body a bit, and he got a lot better, a lot quicker with his feet. That's what they're relying on, and they're relying on their own evaluations to take some of these kids. And I think in the long run, it helps out. I'm not going to name particular kids, but there were a couple kids in New Jersey who they felt a lot of pressure to take that they offered that they did not wind up getting, and they're happy about it because they found better players elsewhere. And I think when you look forward on, on what you want in the rest of this class is, yeah, we, you know, Tyler Friday, of course, guys like that, Raekwon O'Neal out of South Carolina, yeah, but it's about who develops in the next few months and who do you recruit and then who decides to sign in December and end it early and who decides to wait till signing day and That's cause more fun. and it'll cause more mayhem and I'll tell you this real quick in talking to a lot of kids they haven't even thought about it they don't even know when they're going to sign now I think most of them will sign in December because they're going to hand them a piece of paper and say sign and if the kid says well no I want to wait well then the school whether it's Rutgers or anybody else is going to say if you want to wait? All right, we're going to go get somebody else. Yeah. So I, I think you'll see that. But with some of the elite kids, I, I could see them waiting. So, again, if you want the full breakdowns of how Rutgers is so successful right now in 2018, and, again, successful is relative. It's still a borderline top 50 class that has work to do. And then you want to know what's coming next. Check out what we have going on at Scarlet Report. Three free months. You can tweet me, message me, email me with the opportunities. And it's not just new members. Like I said in the open, if you upgrade to an annual subscription or if you are an annual subscriber and add another year, you're getting three free months. It's a pretty good deal. On top of that, we have our refer a friend incentive. Here's the deal. I'm giving out some pretty silly money prizes to the to three people that enter refer a friend. Brian, you want to know what these prizes are, right? Uh, yes, because I want to see how many friends I can refer. Am I eligible? You're absolutely eligible. Yes. So third prize. Third prize is your choice, a Rutgers basketball or football media guide. Five winners get the third prize, and I will ship it to you using someone else's shipping account. Um, (laughs) Second prize, we're going to call this a premium perk meal. Your choice, either I buy you a meal before a basketball game or I come by your tailgate and I give you the real info. Your choice, not bad. Brian, if you want me to buy you some Chipotle, you better start referring some friends. Chipotle. I want more than that, pal. What about Steakhouse 85? That's too far from the rack. Sorry, it's not going to work out. Uh, Top prize, we're going to call this our Rutgers History of Offensive Line Recruiting Package. You get two prizes. One of the prizes is a pair of game-worn gloves owned by one Anthony Davis. The other prize is the fake national letter of intent that Micah Clark signed at a school in January. Pretty cool, right? I was hoping, like, the offensive line pack which would be I get to play offensive line, you get to play defensive end, and I get to pancake you. Uh, I, would, I would spin. Uh, no, you I'd, wouldn't. <laughs> you're, too, you're too slow. You'd hold. You'd false start. There's no rough. I can do anything I want. That's a good point. You pull a, uh, I know, I'm not going to rip that recruit that isn't committed yet. <laughs> uh, that plays for Bergen Catholic. Um, anyway, so let's talk about, before we jump into training camp discussion, I do want to quickly hit on on Rutgers basketball recruiting. Sensational. I was on vacation, and all I'm reading about are these kids that they're getting over Georgetown, Connecticut. I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, Did they renovate the rack already? 
so we're gonna have Evan Daniels on. Answer the, no. We're gonna, we're gonna have Evan Daniels on the show next week to talk about it. Evan does a great job covering it. And I remember I'm just getting getting home from something. I'm starting to cook lunch, and Evan sends me a text. Hey, get to your computer. Mac McClung's committing in five minutes. I was like, well, I knew it was close, but nice job because last I heard, Georgetown really wanted this kid. Well, they got Mac McClung, and that's not where it stops. That's just where it starts because. Montez Mathis, big-time four-star kid out of Bel Air, Maryland. He's, I believe, the highest-rated commit since Kadeem Jack. He's UConn-bound. He's pretty much signed. He's given quotes to people about UConn. But then Rutgers hits the twist of fate. Rutgers gets in his ear. He delays his announcement. Then he doesn't delay it. Then he commits to Rutgers. And our guy Brian Snow had the quotes first. It was a big week, and that's on top of Mamadou Ducor, who's another big-time kid. We'll still see. Maybe he's a mid-year enrollee or an early classifier, early uh, reclassifier. We'll see. But that's a great start to a recruiting class, and there hasn't been this much juice in recruiting since that first Mike Rice class. Yeah, and I, I look at it, and I know Evan and Brian, well, they, they do a great job with the basketball recruiting and with their evaluations, and they're, they're plugged in. And when you, when you realize that Rutgers is doing this coming off of the season they had, coming off of, you know, questions of whether they can survive in the Big Ten. The facilities are the facilities. Really goes back to, you may have heard this, Sam, it's relationships. And it tells you what they've done as a staff to have these kids and their handlers and their coaches and everybody else involved trust them. And that's a huge thing. And I I think it's a lot easier to fix a basketball program. You can do it with a few players, football takes a, a, a bunch of kids and every year kind of like in October I, I say to you Sam I say hey basketball what do you think you know I'm I, I do football I'm removed from the basketball side of things a lot and so I, I get to just watch it more um for enjoyment I guess that's is that is that are you, you want to rephrase that your answer well, there's a pokey stop at the rack so um but anyway this year I get the sense they They have a chance to be good, not great, good. I will be disappointed if this team doesn't sit in NIT contention in February, whether it's early February or not. I'm going to guess you missed the non-conference schedule release during your vacation then because (laughs) that ain't quite the strength of schedule for NITs. Yeah, but if you want to get them in, you get them in. Right. Um, Especially if you're the Big Ten New York market, a team that has been in the postseason for a long time. That's a big story. Things happen. It makes you sit there and you're like, wow, they, they... have a chance. It's not, well, here we go through another season of just awfulness. You know they're going to get coached well. You know they're going to be good fundamentally. Can they make some baskets? Can they can they make some baskets at key times? And then you factor in Corey Sanders, who is now my favorite player of all time just because of the drama involved with him all the time. Um, and it's like faux drama. It's not even real. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for basketball, I think I'm probably a little more excited for basketball than football. Let me tell you about the biggest change in Rutgers basketball recruiting. They're getting kids? Well, here's the thing. You've already said it, and I completely agree. Evan Daniels and Brian Snow do a great job covering for us, but normally when Rutgers is close to getting a kid, I'll text them and say, hey, Rutgers is about to get this kid. Can I get an analysis piece from you? Can I get a quote for my article? Uh, Do you have the AAU coach's number? Stuff like that. And the response is usually... Who? 
we're going from guys that these national analysts that kill it have never heard of to now we're talking about top 50 players. For three years, I've been texting them, you know, hey, Rutgers is getting Devon Campbell. Can you get it? Can you give me a comment? Hey, uh, Rutgers is getting, even with Steve Peichel, I mean, Suf Mensa was a international point guard that played it year in Marshalltown, Iowa. Who? Now we're talking about three kids that will probably end up signing as four-star recruits. That's a change. And speaking of change, it's good to have football back, Brian. Training camp, I know you love your Rutgers football training camp news. Again, our detailed breakdown of training camp is available on the site for premium members, but we want to give a couple thoughts here from training camp. Brian, when you came back from vacation, what was the first headline, the first storyline that you're like, wow, that's interesting? Other than Ahmad Anderson committing Let, when let's I was say traveling tra- home? Yeah, training camp stories. Training camp. Already Kyle Boland seemed to have separated himself in the quarterback situation. I expected it. Um, we've said it before training camp. We've said it time and again that we thought he would be the starting quarterback because otherwise, why would he be here? Yeah. Um, but to see it actually start unfolding and that quickly, I think is a good sign. The more reps he gets with the first team now, the better they are in September. And I don't mean for Washington. That is a huge chore to hang with Washington. But you need to get them experience in the offense. You need to get them comfortable in the stadium. You just need to get them comfortable on the field. And that starts with being comfortable with his teammates in practice and having those leadership skills. And from everything I've heard, uh, he's got really good command of the huddle. What stands out to me is, now Rutgers has not released a depth chart. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I do have one other thing. Okay. The team captains have not been allowed to leave for a weekend to get married. (laughs) There's still time. It is a five-week training camp. So Michigan doesn't even put out a roster for training camp. So I can't really be that critical of Rutgers not putting out a depth chart, but the depth chart I have in my head right now and the one that you can read on Scarlet Report after every open practice, there's a lot of new guys. Now, Ash has said, and recruits have always said, early playing time, early playing time, but to actually see it happen, if you look at last year's roster to now, I would say almost half the positions for projected starters are new guys. Kyle Bolin at quarterback, Gus Edwards at running back, Jerome Washington at tight end, Duat Mitchell at receiver, maybe Bo Melton at receiver, um, maybe Saeem Simmons or Tyshawn Fogg at that third linebacker spot. Ross Douglas is still relatively new when Rutgers recruited him. Ash wasn't kidding when he said these guys are going to get a chance to play, which tells you where the talent was and the way that they've filled those gaps, adjusting the quote-unquote Ash plan to accommodate more transfers. You know, you bring up all these kids playing, and, and I harken back to you and I having discussions in the podcast, doing some video stuff. This is what we anticipated. You don't go get Gus Edwards, Kyle Bolin, uh, Duop Mitchell. You don't go get these guys to sit on the bench. You're getting them because you have such holes in your roster that getting a kid for a year is imperative. And for me, it's not a surprise. I, I would be concerned if these kids weren't in spots to be starters um, because I know what's on the roster. I watched it last year. I covered it in recruiting. I I know what's on this roster um, and they need to play. That's why to me it's not a surprise but you know it goes back to what you said before for the people who aren't on Scarlet Report every day. I, I mean this is stuff we discussed five six months ago 
um, in some cases, just with some of these kids and what, what it would mean for them. So, yeah, if, if it wasn't like this, I'd really be concerned. Before we play you off here into the night, Brian, I think that we also have to acknowledge the Marco Battaglia practice complex opening and the ceremony. Rutgers did a really good job of making this feel special, whereas some other recent ceremonies, say the baseball groundbreaking facility, didn't feel special. This one did, and while I wish that it was a little shorter because I had somewhere to be, it took Marco an hour just to get to the podium since the start of the ceremony because Jeff Towers gave a very long speech. Good, but longer than I would have liked because I was on a deadline. Um, we all can't revolve around you, Sam. Well, we should. It's something I learned from you. But again, I thought that Jeff Towers' speech was probably the highlight because he actually looked the players in the eyes and called them out and says, hey, you have this facility, now put in your half of the work and earn this. I thought that was really cool because most donors would have just, you know, ah, chop, go are you? But no, he actually, they don't chop anymore. Uh, well, he actually had a message. And then it was a good way to honor Marco Battaglia, who did a lot for this program as a player and now works for them. And, I mean, you've dealt with Marco. So I'll give you a couple funny stories with Marco, or interesting stories. So it goes back to when I just got out of Rutgers, and I was working at the Trentonian. So this is what, like 75? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I was working at the Trentonian, covering local colleges and high schools. And Dana, at the time, Dana Kilmer, now Dana O'Neill, who was with ESPN for a while, was the one who covered colleges. And she had just left, so they, I got to do Rutgers. I covered some Rutgers stuff. And my first interview was the Rutgers, I guess, beat writer. It was going to be Marco Battaglia. And at the time, they used to do it in the Bush Dining Hall. The team would go practice. After practice, they would come over for training table. At the time, they had training table, and it was the only place that you could... It was only for players. That was it. And once or twice a week, the media would be able to go in. They used to have the best peppered turkey steak kind of deal. But anyway, and so I'm like, all right, let me talk to Marco. And Pete Kowalski was the SID, and he goes, you ever meet Marco? I said, never met him. He goes, okay, it'll be a good first interview for you. I asked one question, and about 40 minutes later, Marco got done talking. And he was one of the most comfortable kids I've ever spoken to. And, like, it really helped me go into a situation where if you're a kid out of college, and you, I didn't cover a lot of stuff when I was in college. I didn't, And so it was like, the, you know, he was a big-time player. So he was very accommodating, welcoming, very easy to deal with. I'm like, man, if all the kids are like this, this is going to be awesome. In the middle of the interview, and I'm pretty sure I'm getting my time correct on it, Brian Forte was a quarterback at Rutgers. And the big talk was Brian Forte, Ray Lucas. And the big talk was who was going to be the starting quarterback. And, and Forte didn't have the temperament and, and always got ticked off. Ray Lucas definitely has the temperament. <laughs> and was always mad and let things affect him in the worst ways. And we finished with, I'm pretty sure we finished with Marco. And it's Forte's time to talk, and somebody walks in and goes, hey, who's got a, whatever car it was, you know, who, who's got a Bronco? Green Bronco parked out front. Not a white Bronco? No, it wasn't. I okay. stayed away from that. And Forte goes, uh, that's mine. Kid goes, well, the bus just hit it outside at the bus stop, so you're probably needed out there. <laughs> and Forte, without missing a beat, goes, 
See, in the past, I'd let somebody like that affect me, and I get all mad. But anybody have any more questions <laughs> as we continued the interview? And then the other Marco thing was, um, I believe he was the first, in a long time at least, the first All-American for Rutgers. Brian Vanderbeek, I think people remember that name, covered for the Home News Tribune, who now is out in Fresno, at Modesto Bay, yeah, James's actually. brother, yeah. <laughs> um, but Brian writes that, you know, he knew some people who were involved in the voting, who tipped them off that Marco was going to be named All-American. So writes it in the paper that day. Next day, Gray, Doug Graver, the coach, comes in, looks at Vanderbeek and goes, man, with everything I've been through, one of the few joys is for me to tell a player he's All-American. And I pick up the paper this morning, and there it is on the front page. You write in that he's an All-American and the first Rutgers All-American since whenever. And Graber was good. Graber was a great dude, great sense of humor, and really easy to deal with. He had a nice message at the ceremony, too. Yeah, and, you know, just a really, um, to me, he was always a Rutgers guy. You know, you knew it when he did broadcast, but those are the two Marco moments that really stand out to me, and it's kind of interesting because neither of them really involve anything on the field. All right, making his return to the Rutgers Scoutcast, your first time at Chicago Big Ten Media Day. Yep. Miller, you're, you're pretty well-traveled, but to be out here doing yeah. this has to be fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, so far it's been a really good experience. Um, you know, it's definitely a, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a regimented schedule. You know, we got interviews, um, you know, with radio guys. We have got, you know, doing this right now currently. Um, you know, they have an autograph session going on, and, um, you know, we're doing some stuff later for TV. So they cover all ends of the spectrum. Um, you know, it's just good to, you know, good to do some interviews with, you know, I did an interview with the Nebraska radio station, so it's cool. I'm not sure why or, you know, how, or you know who, whose idea it was. Maybe they're getting every team in a plan this year, but uh, it was cool. It was cool that, you know, I, I could offer some insight to some, some Nebraska fans, so. This stuff isn't as crazy as Super Bowl Media Day, yeah. but it's kind of the same idea. Yeah. What's the dumbest or weirdest thing you've had to do so far? Oh man, well we were, we they're doing a, a late night show, I believe, for Big Ten Network, and um, we had to there was a, a saltine challenge where uh, Sebastian had to try to eat six crackers in, in a minute, I think, and uh, not, we we were going against Nebraska, and nobody uh, nobody you know completed the task, and then on top of that. Um, we had, uh, what was the other one? Uh, that, oh, Bless had to uh, say the ABCs uh, as fast as he could, and he had to say it faster than the Nebraska guy. Unfortunately, I think the, the countdown threw him off a little bit because the you know, guy said 3 2 1, and Bless started off his ABCs with the number one. So hopefully that'll make for some, if it got a lot of laughs in the room, hopefully it'll make for some good content. But, uh, you know, hopefully I'll ruin it for him. For the, for the show, but you know, it should be it should be pretty pretty funny episode if they show it. So, are you the first Metuchen guy out here? This has to be cool representing a place like Metuchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, I, well, first, yeah, I'm probably the first the first guy out here, but uh, no, it's real neat. I mean, just you know, I, I remember the days where you know I dream about having more than you know 200, 300 people at my games, and you know now I'm you know attending events like this, or I mean, even similarly, like we we would do stuff with our county where. You know, you come out. You know, shout out. You know, my guy uh, Greg Tafaro. You know, he. Yep, yep. We go. We go do something with him. Go talk. You know, all the other teams will be there. So it's definitely a step up from being at uh, East Brunswick High School. You know, talking to Greg Tafaro. But uh, no, it's cool. I mean, you know, it's just 
just just always try to keep that perspective in mind. You know, the fact that I was at this Group One school and was playing both ways, and now you know I've gotten to this point. You know, it's just really, just really, really, really cool, really amazing. Without you being here, I think the biggest story I'm touching is the Whole Foods that you're getting. So yeah, nice, yeah, nice to have a little more than that. Yeah, it's on a delay too right now, I believe. But uh, yeah, every every time, anytime I get back in town, I I, I drive by and. It's just crazy, you know. The, the, they're adding a lot, a lot of new little elements in, in the town, and they got a new, like I think, uh, like townhouse complex set up going on. So it looks a little pricey, but they're trying to, yeah, trying to appeal to the commuters, I think. So, yeah, I, I definitely keep tabs on what's going on and we're touching, you know. Sure. I, I just moved right to the other side of 287, like in okay. right where it turns into Edison. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, waiting yeah. for that Whole Foods. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Whole Foods. I've never. I'm not really a Whole Foods guy, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, though. I'm, I'm definitely going to go in. And I heard the mac and cheese is really good, like the, the actual yeah, food. Yeah, good that prepared they food and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 i got to try that out. Not that you would ever do this, but it, outside of New Jersey, they have bars at Whole Foods, so you go get your beer and you hit every station. Yeah, not that you would yeah, ever do no, that. No, no, never, never, never me, never me. <laughs> so how would you say, talking football now, how is how is the offseason workouts? How do you think this offensive line's coming together? No, yeah, they're really, they're really coming along. Um, you know, I mean, every year I know everybody says, you know, you know, we, we want to be good, we want to be great, but... You know, we really, uh, I feel this offensive line unit, you know, is the tightest unit I've, I've been around. I mean, I just feel it just, you know, whether it's just how we talk to each other through our group message or whether it's how we talk to each other, you know, in practice or guys coaching each other up. There's a lot more um, coaching each other up. You know, I think that's, it's big when you could get, uh, you know, some advice or some, some, some coaching from your peers. You know, because you hear from your coach all the time, like 24-7, you, you know, your coach is going to have criticism. But to hear from a guy that you work with every day and a guy that's trying to, to accomplish what you're accomplishing is, is, you know, speaks volumes. And you know, I think that's when, when teams really have success is when that happens. Um, and I'm just seeing that a lot more just along other position groups and talking to, you know, other leaders of, of position groups. You know, guys are just buying in and, and are just tired and not, having uh, any, you know, not being involved in any postseason play. Like, guys just really want to, you know, really want to uh, be playing football in December or, you know, hopefully January. But, yeah, guys just really want to be be able to, you know, get those those benefits of going to a bowl. And I want the young guys to experience that. You know, there's some guys on the team, that we're at that point now, where some guys, are, they don't know what, that, what that's like. You know, that bowl experience, having your family out there and the staff and, you know, everybody from the academic staff to – you know, obviously, coaches' families are immediate. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, you guys. You know, so I, I just, uh, I think, I think the, I think the sense of urgency is there, um, maturity is there. You know, all the young guys that uh, got thrown into the fire because of what happened in the past. You know, now they're veterans. Now they're they're guys that have, you know, that guy can use that that um, that experience to to really uh, perform on the field. So I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm real. You know, every time I look around in the locker room and. See the talent we have and how hard guys are working. Just a lot of guys doing extra stuff. I'm just excited. The mentality is just a lot more mature. I know you're not a guy that takes a lot of the credit yourself, but you're. I mean, you're the fifth year senior. You yeah. went through the fire a lot more than these guys, so I think that some of that closeness and mm-hmm. stuff stems from your leadership. Yeah. But another guy that I would say has to get some credit is Coach AJ Blazik. Yep. This guy at recruits love him. Other coaching staffs love him. I'm sure you know Iowa tried to steal him. Yep. Um, what do you think makes him such a dynamic personality? I think, uh, you know, he's very aware of, of, you know, people's emotions. You know, he, he's very aware of, 
uh, he, he's good at reading people and, and good at, at knowing, you know, when to, when to push you, when to not. Um, you know, he's very careful. I can tell he, he really, you know, thinks about coaching and how to coach, you know. And, and you know, some guys, I'm sure, they get to a point in their career where they wake up and, you know, they kind of just develop, you know, a routine or how they're going to coach and just kind of get set in their ways. I think Coach Blas is always looking to, to, you know, perfect his craft and whether it's with recruiting, what's the latest on recruiting, what, how can we, how can we, you know, really sell our program to guys, you know, and not, and not where it's ingenuine. Everything is all genuine. It's just how can we, what's, you know, how can we use social media to, to leverage ourselves, or how can we do certain things to, to, to help ourselves out as a program, and then uh, on top of that, yeah, the football, football-wise, I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, he's one of the smartest coaches I've been around. You know, and that's a testament to him and, and what he what he did at Iowa as a player, uh, you know, playing under Coach Philbin and, and Coach Ferentz. You know, they all have great things to say about him. I mean, anytime you, you see an article or anything on Coach Blige, so um, and then on top of that, he's just done a really good job at, at uh, you know whether it's through team events or us being around his family, you know, all around. He's just covering all bases and, and really. Uh, uh, making sure this this offensive line unit is is, is successful and, and close more than anything, you know, because he he'll tell us about former guys he had and what they're doing now and conversations he has with them, and, you know, just just for him, I you know, I definitely see a lot of potential for him in, in, in the future and, and down the line. So, all right, so we're preparing to wrap you up as you get your Big Ten luncheon. I think it's a hundred dollars a plate, so yeah, you should wow. be enjoying that. Okay. Wow. I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> about about a year ago, I had a guy named Micah Clark on this show. He told me one number one, you know, four star offensive lineman to another. You obviously being a, a four star, I think you're the number one guard in what 2012. Yeah, yeah, 12, 13, 13. Sure, yeah. it all runs together. Yeah, <laughs> after a while, especially when you have two brothers, and I can't keep track. But uh, he told me you were his favorite Rutgers player. Uh, what is your relationship like with Micah? How are you trying to take him and Jamal under your wing yeah. as a senior? Yep. Uh, no, it's definitely been a, you know, with, with them being early enrollees, you know, it's definitely been, you know, a learning process for them. It's definitely, uh, you know, just to keep it honest, you know, there's definitely been some bumps in the road, normal young guy stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I see where his uh, intentions are, and I, I know, uh, I see the potential in the player that, you know, Micah could be in, you know, and Jamal. And, uh, you know, they both have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of time ahead of them, and, and I've really just been trying to, you know, take what I've learned and um, really just 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 apply it, you know, to them and really share the knowledge I have. Uh, you know, he's definitely a kid that you know I just can't wait to see blossom, you know, and and and, and uh, really, you know, you know, show what what he's capable of. You know, and he has the personality. You know, all of that's there. You know, he definitely loves. You know, he loves. The, I'm sure you guys see him on social media and all of that. Yeah, I was to say, there's a, it's almost a lock he'll be here in Chicago in about four years. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. You know, so he's just. It's just making sure, you know, all of that energy is, you know, directed, you know, uh, in the right places and, and making sure that he, uh, you know, just fully, uh, you know, capitalizes on the potential that he has. But, yeah, so far, you know, great. I mean, you know, coming in that first year, you know, I'm dealing with it. I, I have my own brother, you know, that I have to deal with. and uh, Is that how you deal with you, is that, how you, I mean, is that what you call with Devin? You have to deal with him? Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know, simple stuff. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's I, you know I try to take because uh, I have a situation going exactly with my brother the same age, so it's I take what I what I his situation I, I apply it to them and then 
their situation I applied to him. So it's, you know, college football is not easy. It's definitely people, you know, obviously until you've been through it, you know, you don't necessarily understand, but just from the, the schedule change, you know, the, the, the way you lift, the way you practice, you know, the way you, the way you just fully operate, you know, as a human, it really has to change in some ways, especially if you come from a certain situation. And, uh, I think that's just the biggest adjustment for young guys sometimes. And, you know, they're, they're both getting there, though. They're both, they're both going to be, gonna be uh, solid guys in the program. Go, go Marshall, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he had a thundering herd. Last question, Dorian. You're, this is your last ride at Rutgers. You're a 50-year senior. You're an adult. You act older than most you know, adults act, as I'm sure you've heard. How much thought are you putting into your future after this season, whether it is the NFL, whether it's a real job, not that the NFL is not a real job, but whatever it is, how much of your time is going into that? Uh, you know, it's definitely, obviously, when the season ended, you know, I'm, I'm, I was really, you know, just thinking about, all right, what am I going to do, uh, you know, when next year comes, uh, you know, am I going to fully, you know, tackle the, the NFL or, or am I just going to just say, you know, I forget about it, I'm just going to hop into, uh, you know, the real world. Uh, but no, I think I'm, I'm just going to, that's one of the things, you know, I said, you know, or I mean, I've talked with my family about is, you know, I'm, why not, why not, you know, I've, I've you know, did this football thing my whole life. I'm going to give it my best shot. But the way I approach it is, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, I think that's where a lot of guys, you know, you get heartbroken. And trust me, it would be, it's going to be tough when it, that when that time comes where somebody says, oh, you're not good enough. And that's going to be tough, but I know it's a reality. It's going to happen at some point. It's just whether or not it happens sooner than later. And uh, I'm prepared for that moment. And, you know, when it does, I'll be ready to move on and, you know, hopefully get into you know, some of my other passions, whether it's music or whether it's staying in football or whether it's uh, doing stuff with computers, you know, who knows. But, you know, I definitely, I've always tried to be, um, you know, the anti-football player, meaning I don't want to be a guy that's just, you know, sold on football and that's it. I try to, you know, be multifaceted and, and you know, I don't just, not all my friends are football friends. You know, I try to get outside opinions and try to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm my life is balanced, and it's not just football only. So, you know, with that being said, yeah, you know, I'm definitely thinking about it. I'm definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to pursue. But at the end of the day, you know, right now, you know, it's about Rutgers, and, you know, I'm definitely just focused on the season, if we're talking day-to-day. Right. But big picture, I definitely, it's, it's something I think about, and, you know, I'm going to pursue wholeheartedly. And like I said, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't. Well, I make about $3 an episode. I'll split it with you if you want to be my co-host. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, it's something I thought about. You know, I think about, I, I was talking about, uh, you know, I was talking about with somebody, you know, maybe trying to uh, do a podcast or get something going with Julian and uh, Lucy. So, <laughs> oh, you know, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so hopefully, you know, that, maybe maybe they would be down for it. I haven't talked to anybody yet, but you know, they're both living together right now, you know, so, you know, and, they, and they always... Our conversations are always good, and you know, they always carry on, you know, longer than they should. Yeah, I was like, good luck getting a word in on a podcast <laughs> yeah, with Julian oh Penix Audrick. Oh my God, he's very. I tell him like sometimes we'll be somewhere, and I'm just like, right, okay, I'm looking at my clock, like, all right, now we gotta, we gotta wrap it up, we gotta head out. So, you know, it's definitely uh, a good time, you know, with both of them. I think, I think it's really. It, it, I'm trying to figure out how I can angle it, or how, how you know, we could, you know, make it work. But it's definitely some possibility there, just with them as people. There's always good conversations. Thanks, Dorian. Yep. Thanks, Dorian, for another great interview. 
God, I'm going to miss Dorian Miller when he graduates. Whether he moves on to a job in the real world or a job in football, he's been so much fun to deal with, especially as an interview. He actually listens to your question and then answers it in a way that provides something interesting. He's not just going to say yes or no. He'll actually give you some analysis or some insight or a fun little nugget. And that's why Dorian Miller has been one of my favorite players to interview in my 10 years here. So you might notice that I sound a little bit different than I did 10 minutes ago on the podcast. That is all Rutgers University's fault. So it was pouring rain at one of the Rutgers practices this week. And, you know, I'm not soft. I don't mind getting wet. And I got very wet. But the thing is, we work in this torture chamber trailer in the bowels of the stadium. It's this small little box with like six air conditioning units in it. So I'm soaking wet and I go into work and it's 65 degrees in this room. So I got sick. It's Rutgers' fault. Don't worry, Pat Hobbs. I'm not going to sue. I'm going to power through this Rutgers Scoutcast mailbag. I don't think anyone wants to listen to sick Hellman very much. So they will be short answers. Both questions this week, both on topic and off topic, came from Jersey Joe, a longtime subscriber on Scarlet Report. He, I believe it's a he, it could be a she, doesn't post much if ever, but I I do enjoy your messages and thanks for submitting the questions. The on-topic question is, Sam, which true freshmen are definitely playing this year? (laughs) Well, the answer is a lot of them. First off, let me let me tell you that it's important to keep in mind that with freshmen, you can play the first one or two games of the year and then magically come down with an injury and preserve your redshirt season. Larry Stevens is an example of that. Now his injury was real, but he played in a couple games, got hurt. It was early enough to get the year back. Obviously, everyone remembers the Janarian Grant saga. So the guys that I fully expect to see the field this year, at least in the first four games, quarterback Jonathan Lewis, fullback Brendan Devera, running back Raheem Blackshear, you know, at receiver, I'm going to go Bo Melton for sure, probably Shameen Jones, and then uh, give me Hunter Hayek. Uh, Travis Vocal, like the tight end, is definitely playing. Samuel Vretman, the offensive lineman freshman from Sweden via Cheshire Academy in Connecticut. A great program. Coach Dykeman does a great job up there. I think he's going to play. Defensive line, I don't expect anyone to play. Linebackers, I'm, I think all but CJ and Yeshi play. I think CJ is a guy that could benefit from a red shirt and then move over to that buck stand-up position that we talked about so much with Kamoko Ture this week. And then in the defensive secondary, I don't know. Um, depth isn't great there, but I guess if I had to pick someone from what I've seen so far, probably Najee Jones, uh, maybe Tim Barrow. They might need one more corner. But, and then, of course, Justin Davidovis is a kicker is going to play in some capacity. So, in short, pretty much all of them. Off-topic question. Sam, I used to work for WRSU, and one of my favorite things about the job was the free media meal before every game. What is your favorite and least favorite media meal you've ever entertained? Oh, man, I am passionate about talking about free stuff and food. I gave a lot of thought off mic to this one. I would say the best media meal I ever had was the best place that I've ever been to for media meals, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. I've been in their press box twice, once for WrestleMania 33, and that spread was insane, as you can imagine. They had like a loaded appetizer station with baked potatoes, pretzels, tots, fries, chips, and you know, you load on all your cheese or salsa or chili or whatever you want to do. And then they had a traditional 
buffet with a lot of healthy items. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers in there that have to eat cleaner than I do. And, well, they might have had free beer, too. Also, in the Citrus Bowl for the Virginia Tech game, I remember them making these really cool cookies that were in the shape of the Rutgers Block R and then the Virginia Tech logo, and they tasted like black and white cookies, which are the best cookies. If you don't count WrestleMania as a sporting event, shame on you, but uh, I guess another one that I always used to look forward to is back when scrimmages were something that the media was allowed to watch at Rutgers, we would always get a great meal for that scrimmage because these things were grueling, six, seven-hour commitments. Greg Schiano ran really long practices for those scrimmages, and we'd starve to death if we didn't have something to eat. And it was always one of two things. Tasty subs, who everyone I would think knows tasty subs. And the other thing was Sam I Am Bagels, which is the best value bagel and maybe the best bagel in the state of New Jersey. Yeah, I might be biased because of the name and the fact that it's a mile from my home. The worst press meal I ever had was, oh, I know, Birmingham, Alabama, PapaJohns.com Bowl. What would you expect to eat at the PapaJohns.com Bowl, especially with Papa John at the game for the coin toss? I want some Papa John's. Now, look, I don't even like Papa John's that much. If I'm going to go chain pizza, well, you know, I grew up on that in Virginia. I'd rather die than go back to it. But come on. It's a Papa John's.com bowl and you can't lay out a couple pizzas. That's just embarrassing. So I hope that answers your questions. We're not going to run long on the conclusion of this episode either because, as you can hear, Sam is not feeling so great right now. And he has a busy weekend, open fan practice Saturday, Rutgers Media Day on Sunday. Kyle Bolin will do his first interview as a Scarlet Knight. The same goes for Gus Edwards. The same goes for a bunch of the freshman class, Bo Melton, Jonathan Lewis. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rutgers ScoutCast. And please make sure to check out our three free month opportunity promotion over on scarletreport.com. Any questions, just ask. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.